Welcome to Coin Talk, America's most decentralized podcast. Yes, that's right. I'm Aaron Lammer. My co-host is Jake Hang. Our guest this week is our old friend, Doug Kim. So you know we're going to be talking about irrational altcoin enthusiasm. Brought to you in partnership with Medium. Medium has 11 great features about crypto at read.medium.com slash crypto. It's not just 11 features. They actually have thousands and thousands of articles about crypto, but that's a special collection of 11. The rest of them are coming out every day. You should totally subscribe to Medium's newsletter. And here's one publication I read a lot and uh, I get some of the things that we talk about on the show on uh, Hacker Noon. It's a great publication in Medium. Uh, so anyway, thanks to Medium. Here's the show. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Wednesday, October 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was $6,464. Back on the program, Doug Kim. Hello. Hey, how's it going? We just got a scintillating peek into Doug's apartment when his webcam mysteriously turned on. <laughs> Doug is living the swinging Los Angeles bachelor life with a like electric guitar slung over the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Know. And a lot of like uh, cool looking computer and recording and music equipment. It reminded me of uh, Martin Shkreli's room. Did you ever see him? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> wow. see him? That, that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like he's been misunderstood. Um, the, uh, wow. Jay, the the takes are just coming. We haven't even gotten to crypto, and the takes is are he, hot. Is he is he in jail right now? He's in jail, right? He, oh yeah, he's he in is jail. in jail. Okay. Yes, he's definitely in jail. He he was railroaded by the liberal media, <laughs> and is now hanging out in jail. But yeah, he has a similar. He had at least I'm sure now his setup is different. But in his old apartment, he had a similar setup. A lot of guitars and recording equipment in the background. Uh, you know, swinging life of a. Uh, of a uh, farmer, bro. I feel like you're like casting aspersions on Doug right now. D no, Doug has no, never been involved in any pharmaceutical <laughs> takeovers that we know about. Well, what about the coins that Doug owns? Oh I God, mean, they could they could also be involved in untoward stuff, right? Well, um, Doug, uh, for people who haven't been longtime Coin Talk listeners, is um, the altcoin enabler who uh, jumped me and Jay into the gang. He, uh, Sorry about that. He took us to the initiation. No, I mean, um, it's been a great ride. And in fact, that's actually kind of what I think we should talk about today. Sure. If you guys are, are down. So here's what, here, here, here's what I think. Doug, when, when, I, uh, when I talked you into coming back on the program, I think your first question is, are you guys just going to ask me if I've committed suicide again? <laughs> Which is not our intention here. I think we need to let uh, bygones be bygones in, in crypto. Sort of uh, let let's heal from the past so that we can move into a bright future. I guess I'm wondering if we can perhaps do an episode where we pep talk crypto a little bit and try to let go of the past. What do you guys think? What, what do you mean by pep talk crypto? Like like talk it into a bull run? <laughs> yeah, I think personal. Like you know how that in that like um, really bad biggie biopic they're like we can't change the world until we've changed ourselves uh, uh i think you're the only person i know yeah, who's I, seen that I, I, I never heard i that think like in my life puff puff says that but i don't <laughs> think puff actually said that he said that in the movie about biggie but i think i guess what i'm saying is that you know the the personal is also always the uh, larger narrative in crypto. So uh, maybe we can uh, go through our own crypto I'm not history. Sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It well, seems how are more we... like the institutions and a few criminals are the are the story of everybody. But let's let's continue. I'm, I'm, right. I'm with you. Well, spiritually, look, we we're not the criminals and we're not the big exchanges. We're just three guys who bought a lot of altcoins that we had no idea what they were. And yeah. uh, Doug, hey, 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 hey. I, I had some idea what Doug's were. I, 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 like. I should say we all bought altcoins based on Doug's research, which, <laughs> which we didn't actually. Which is based on a uh, website called blue magic i believe which, which turned is, out to be like a 19 year old just spamming links <laughs> <laughs> that, that guy that guy is back i want to say 
Let's not give Doug too much credit here. But, uh, Doug, I will say that you knew more than we did going in, given right. that everything we knew was some uh, completely distilled and 10% version of what you knew. So Right. But then, um, yeah, yeah, even what I knew was, you know, marginal compared. Like, I, I, I just think that we're in a time where, or in the past year, we're still in a time where nobody really knows anything. I feel like people make these overconfident uh, assertions, whether they've been in crypto for a year or two years or five years, and and sometimes I'm just kind of like, do you, do you really like know? I mean, like I feel like nobody really knows what they're talking about, if that makes sense. Over the past year, that's kind of like what I've kind of gained. So you've come around to my sort of know nothing vision of crypto, where nothing that happens has any correlation with any information out there and that we're basically tr just watching something random spinning around and trying to construct narratives out of it. Is that right? I I would say I'm not 100% there, but maybe like around 80% there. Jay, would you say you're a crypto nihilist? Would that be the best way to describe your views on crypto? No, I mean, I don't think it's really nihilism, but it is, you know, it, it's more close to like a certain strain of postmodern thinking that emerged after World War II that basically says that we should, you know, constructing narrative out of symmetrical events that happen that seem symmetrical in our mind uh, is uniquely destructive and can lead to narratives like the one that took over Germany in the 20s and 30s. So so if, I'm, if I was going to put this into Doug Kimian terms, I would say it's like sitting at a, a poker table and uh, like flushes uh, are the winning hand, uh, several hands in a row, and you're like, "Wow, flushes are really hitting tonight, right?" Yes, <laughs> exactly. to play those yeah. flushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's basically it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my thought is that like generally people at a poker table know how poker and random odds and probability work, but in crypto we really don't know even you know the fundamentals of the game. I think, and so we are fumbling around for any type of narrative. Right. And it could just be like the entire narrative is like the Illuminati created something and is manipulating the price and suckering us all in. Or it could just be that, you know, a whole bunch of different people don't know what to do. I have no idea, but that's my general crypto take. It sounds like your crypto take is inching towards that. Yeah. No, I think like uh, I'm definitely going more towards that. I think in 2017, it was easy to get uh you know lost in the hype a little bit you know when you know bitcoin's going from a thousand to like twenty thousand in in a year you're just kind of like oh everything is awesome like oh yeah to the you know we could see this hitting half a million a coin easy like within the next few years but like i think the sobering of 2018 kind of was like oh this is i mean it's we're still not there yet in terms of like adoption and 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 overall use of cryptocurrency you know like we're still in that point where it's still you know a speculative asset and we're still not quite sure how to price these things you know it's either going to be really really useful in in which case you know these coins will be worth millions of dollars or they, though i mean like a utility token for a really useful company might not oh really no be worth yeah anything, i i'm yeah. i'm i'm yeah He's talking about Bitcoins. Yeah, I'm Jay. talking about Bitcoins. Oh, Bitcoins. Okay, yes. I, I I agree that if Bitcoins are useful, then Bitcoins are worth more. Right. I, I just not... like people to know that we we use S uh, when pluralizing Bitcoin and we always will. So don't send us any email <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even when I say I have one Bitcoin, I will use the S just it's to it's part of my um my fundamental belief in Bitcoin stock art. I see a lot of pluralization in Bitcoin stock art and I feel like that's canon, you know? <laughs> like like photo of kid with many bitcoins. That's how I think of it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the gigantic orange bitcoins logo. <laughs> yeah. Um so, Doug, we'd like to have you on the show when we want to talk about the alt market. Not much has been going on there. I guess there has been this slight sort of pickup. But before we do that, Aaron and I talked about something on our last show, which I thought was an interesting topic of conversation. And we discussed it a little bit online with you, but uh, we want to get your take sure. here for the listeners, which is 
something like Civil, right, which went through a very difficult time recently, but actually had a product and even had like, you know, as part of a journalism outlet, a hit essay that that came out that sort of tore up the Internet Uh or a project like Augur, which, you know, despite its flaws, actually exists. Do you think in the alt market at this point that it is actually harmful and bad to have a product? Like, do you think it's better to just be like a white paper and a bunch of academic bullshit? Well, yeah. I mean, you have like maximalists all all saying that like pretty much every alt is a scam to try to scam you out of your Bitcoin. So I, I am kind of like leaning more towards that kind of like idea where there will be crypto projects that succeed, but maybe not you know, 2,000 of them, which I think there are currently right now. So yeah, when it is kind of like this white paper and theoretical thing, you know, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, it's such potential, whatever. But when you have like a finished product like Augur or, or something close to finished and kind of like the next step is kind of like, oh, okay, now how do we bring this product out to market and who's going to use this? Then it becomes like this sobering reality where it's like, oh, we don't know quite how to get to the use case part yet but like i think because of the the shroud of like kind of you know oh this is a new project oh, this is this is going to change whatever people it's easier to buy into that hype sure like there's just more to criticize you can see it a little bit better and so aaron the question i had i don't know you've obviously thought about this a little bit more since we recorded i mean do you still feel that way or that that the more you see of a project probably the worse it is for ICO speculation. All right. Well, I, I think two things about it. I don't like to leave Bitcoin out of the party. I like to talk about this in Bitcoinian terms too. So to me, this is Satoshi's great strength. Satoshi is not here sitting around to hear criticism of Bitcoin and have to justify himself or herself. Right. It's just in the ether. And this is the same with altcoin projects where if you have a real product, People can look at that product and go, hey, it doesn't work. Or, hey, it works and people are ordering black market assassinations on it. All of these Uh problems come in when you actually do something. It's much, much preferable to be in a position where you don't really need to defend yourself. You don't really need to defend your value because everything is coming in the future. So I think that the best altcoins for investors are probably projects that everything still remains in their future that also is true about the scale of alt projects it's better still true though like do you think that's i think that that's sort of what i want to talk about with our good uh our good friend doug kim here (laughs) is can the alt market still continue these kinds of narratives these were definitely the narratives when doug jumped us into the altcoin gang uh (laughs) probably about a year ago maybe a little over a year ago year and a quarter ago and now we've seen these all like pump up to really big valuations and then completely fall apart. Will people use the same game theory um, when they come back and do this again? Did you did did either of you read that uh, most recent Tony Sheng piece? Uh, it's about uh, a game theory problem that I think is referred to as the um, Keynesian beauty contest. Why don't you explain yeah. it to us? <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to do a really bad job. I may have just mispronounced. Is that right? Keynesian. Keynesian? Keynesian, Keynesian yeah. or Keynesian? Keynesian. This is the third different way that you've pronounced it, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> lock an, in an, somewhere here. earlier episode, you said it was Keynesian. Keynesian. I'm not going to. My co-host is. Very uneducated. I, the only reason I didn't co- correct you because I wasn't one hundred percent sure myself of how it was pronounced. <laughs> but yeah, that's I, I, uh, I, that's embarrassing. But uh, okay, so here's what it is. At some point in history, newspapers uh, held beauty contests where they put one hundred photographs of women. I guess in the newspaper. This is not a uh, particularly. Uh, woke modern analogy sure uh, it's not a but, proud moment in the uh, newspaper business remember remember this is from the time of Keynes, 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 keynesians <laughs> keynesians um so different people could vote on the winner and if you were the in the cohort that picked the winner you got a cash prize so instead of send incentivizing people to necessarily vote their conscience most people were trying to guess 
what the other people in the contest would guess and that becomes the dominant logic basically trying it's it's i think you and i have talked about this jay is trying to act like a stupid crypto buyer trying to yeah. act like a junior high student that's like um, the the basis of technical analysis right there isn't it <laughs> yes <laughs> that's yeah exactly we need to call uh, up leisure status wow. <laughs> coming in hot um so that's i think a pretty fair way to describe the first alt booms and it's a fair way to describe when mass crypto tourism came to coinbase and bought bitcoin then ethereum then litecoin and if there had been anything else to buy they would have so but there wasn't so they jumped over to ripple um these are all people in some ways trying to figure out what other people would do and putting their money there. And I think that's most of the ICO market also is basically like what kind of a thing would buyers like? I'm just going to buy the thing that I think other people are buying. Doug, you've bought, you've actually bought into ICOs. You tell yeah. me, you tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, no, I, I, I think like, yeah, when I bought into ICOs last year, this year, I barely did any research. I just kind of like kind of followed people that I thought uh, were offering like kind of like almost the same thing where where I was like, oh, these people are in it, so they must know what's going on. So I'm going to buy into to these ICOs. And so, yeah, I mean, like it's been pretty hit or miss. Some, some of them were kind of like misses due to my idiocy and not selling during like the, the alt boom. Like I think I like 5X or uh, on, on an alt that I, I, I bought an ICO that I didn't sell and now I'm and 50% of my uh, BTC value in it. So I'm like, <laughs> so that one's on me. But there is just like a ton of hype, you know, like that that are around these different projects or there was in, in I think like 2017. But you're really not really seeing uh, in 2018 really that much just because the market's pretty much dead. I mean, the way that Tony describes it, with these beauty contest things, it does seem to be how the market behaved last year, right? Like, I don't think that that's debatable at all. And I wonder if that's, if you basically present any type of scenario where somebody has to pick something and has some incentive to pick, you know, this is something like Jim Sarawicki, I think wrote in part of his book, Wisdom of the Crowds. How, how many steps are they going to take to come to a conclusion and is the sort of sweet spot in the number of steps that you can predict someone will take? So, for example, Aaron, when you and I looked at some of the coins that were spiking over a period of time, like we could actually kind of reasonably correlate them to Google searches, right? And this is not like in terms of Google search volume, but in terms of like when you would type in what coins should I buy next or like yep. what coins are not on Coinbase the same articles would pop up. Ripple was a very effective SEOer of um, what yeah, coin should yeah, I yeah. buy next? Yes. Zcash was too for a while. You know, it was like sort of the big prestige alts were all on there. And then like stuff like, you know, like Cardano and stuff like that started floating up as things to buy. And so if you just stopped there, then you probably could have done pretty well for a while just sort of predicting things off of that type of action. Sure and not off of any sort of fundamentals. Like the reason why Doug has always interested me, not to talk about you in the third person, Doug, but <laughs> is because you, your approach is different. You're, you're the only person I know who actually looked in to a lot of these projects when you first invested. And I found that so fascinating when I first uh, started talking to you about this stuff, because you were like, oh, well, you know, the fundamentals of this are good. It's a real company. Like this is a person who's a founder. Like, this is his background. This is, like, the use case for it. This is what the competition is. Like, wh when you look back at all of that, do you feel like all that research, you know, do you think it paid off in any sort of way? Or do you think it was just, like, uh, justification for making a bunch of random bets? I think it was half and half. I think, like, the alts that I chose, I mean, luckily, some of them were actually pretty resilient through some of the... The de the death spiral that that happened in the in, in the past few months, big um, day for Decred a few days. Yeah, ago. Decred, uh, Ooh, XMR. Doug, do you dance? Do when like one of these like finally gets listed on Binance? Do you just like do a little dance in your living room? I mean, I think like 
I used to in 2017 when we were making shit tons of money, but <laughs> nowadays it's just kind of like uh, a relief. Like I'm not losing my shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just kind of like yeah, because I guess I chose quote unquote solid alts. I got I still got wrecked, but I got less wrecked. So in that case, I guess it quote unquote worked. But yeah, um, that is true. Um, yeah, I mean, like you were you're not stuck holding like sumo coin or like any of the shit coins that i had for a while <laughs> uh, let, let's let's not give doug too much credit doug was holding some absolute dookie at various times. <laughs> doug how much yeah. storm did you have oh my god so at my well okay so i actually did get out of storm at a btc profit so i'm really happy about that but yeah at its peak i had Oh my god, it's it's almost embarrassing. But I think I had close to a half a million dollars worth of storm tokens. Nobody kidnapped Doug. Aaron and I will come after you if you kidnap Doug. Okay, blind, blind quiz. As a person who once had nearly half a million dollars in this, what is storm? Um <laughs> <laughs> That is a dick question. Don't Google it right now. All right. All right. I will hear so your fingers is, tapping on those keys if you start Googling. The way I understand it is Storm is trying to gamify microtasks. It's like Postmates, but for everything, you know? It's trying to make everything into a microtask. So I guess like you can use the whole system to decentralize mini tasks. I don't fucking know. I don't I don't okay. I don't care anymore. So I'm out of Storm. In your, in your portfolio. <laughs> How much of the reason you held that much storm was belief in that product or idea, and how much of it was a beauty contest in which you thought other people would come in and buy that idea from you? Oh, it was totally it was totally a beauty contest type thing. The reason I think I didn't sell at that point was because it wasn't on a quote unquote legit exchange. Like I think it was like on uh, I don't know hit BTC. Yeah. And so I was waiting for it to come onto a Binance or whatever. And then because yes. of that weight, it like dropped down. But then like, I mean, it did have a bounce, but then I, I sold too early. And then I, uh, it's just a whole thing. Anyway. Well, I think getting listed on exchanges is a total beauty contest phenomenon. If, if there's a single thing people are waiting for right. uh, when they're buying coins that are not listed on the big exchanges, it's just, I mean, a very solid investment hypothesis would be buy things that are not listed on Big exchanges, wait for them to be listed on big exchanges. Right, but you'd have to have like a pretty good belief that it's going to be listed on an exchange. Well, also, if you uh, came in with that very reasonable hypothesis and say November 2017, you still got like 95% wrecked. It's not like your hypothesis helped you at all knowing that it was just a beauty contest. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So will you do that? Like if, if we start rebounding... Do you think you'll play the next alts runs the same way? Um, I think if so. Part of the other the reason I didn't get rid of my alts in time, I think I was I was waiting for like the I was like an idiot. I was trying to like time it so like long term gains would hit rather than short term gains or whatever. Um, but in the end of the day, like <laughs> yeah, I saved tax money, but I don't have any money to save taxes on anymore so <laughs> it for was just like feeling bad for doug he's like coming on the last series of a world series of poker event and is still net up in crypto uh yeah so i'm still net up in crypto in terms of dollars but i did lose uh btc value along the way that's that's what irks me more i guess actually it's just kind of like losing btc value because i'm like you know, i'm still like a when I first got into crypto, like, you know, early 2017, I think my hypothesis was that, you know, I don't, I didn't know about any of the alts or whatever, but I was like, Bitcoin is going to be, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be, you know, so a, a I'm game changer. Hold like three to 5% in Bitcoin in my portfolio and go all in on Storm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's what happens in a year. You, you go, you go crazy when, when someone ha- hands you the alt hopium. And you're just kind of like, oh, I got to get into this alt shit, you know? Like, you know, in April of and and May of of last year, it was just crazy. It was just kind of like every alt 
it, it didn't even even matter. You could choose it, no beauty contest or not. Any alt was just like like just five xing overnight, and you're just kind of like, oh my god, I got to get on this train, and then and then the train kind of um, exploded. <laughs> okay, let me throw a uh, beauty contest uh, dummy hypothesis at both of you. I'm interested in how y'all react to this, Jay, and you tell me why I'm wrong. We know that a, a bunch of coins are going to get added to Coinbase in the next year. Uh, we have a pretty good idea. BAT, Zcash, three or four other ones, all going to get added. And ZRX already had a, a nice little bump as it, uh, as it finally got picked up, which everyone in the world knew about other than the block. So why should I not just sort of take the Doug Kim uh, prestige alts philosophy here and just evenly spread my money among those tokens we know they're the next uh listings and what is the most mainstream uh exchange in america jay what do you think well for some of them yeah like uh you know the zero x bat some of these coins that have been discussed for a long time about being on Coinbase, people like you or Ledger or, you know, smart investor, uh, not you, but like, you know, Ledger. I wasn't investor. included in that smart investor <laughs> yeah. list, was I? No. Because no. you're going to dishonor the other people on the list. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I was thinking about Ledger's feelings there. Smart like, investors like Ledger, Doug Kim, everyone here <laughs> except Aaron. All right. So let's just say people who pay some attention to crypto still and who want to get an edge and who still are trapped in the mindset of last year's thinking, right? That they are, the second they hear a credible rumor and it is backed up by somebody they trust that this is going to happen, the first thing that they are going to do is buy that coin, right? And I think that a lot of the action on this stuff is probably around rumors, which is why, you know, and I, I do think it actually is one of those like buy the rumor, sell the news type of stuff. Yeah. Because I just don't know if like the announcement itself and the increase in volume and trading because it's on Coinbase really is doing that much. Like one thing that we don't know, we do know how many people are on Coinbase, right? Generally, it's a lot yeah. of fucking people. We know how many uh, people are downloading off iOS and Android. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, various ways we can at least uh, triangulate its trajectory. The thing that we don't know that Coinbase does know is how many people use Coinbase Pro, which used to be GDAX, you know, and how many people are actively trading. We don't know when the last login for the vast number of crypto holders on Coinbase was. I imagine that it is much less frequent than it was last year. We don't know if noobs are buying Litecoin now or buying Ethereum now or Bitcoin. Yeah, we don't know any of that stuff. Coinbase's data alone would be worth so much to a trader. Oh, yeah. Sure, but we don't, you know, that would be uh, illegal, I think. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not proposing that. I'm just saying <laughs> when I think of Coinbase's value as a business, there's a lot of different angles that have a lot of value. Sure. So I guess my point, end point is like, I do think it is baked in, but I also think that uh, I actually don't know. And I imagine that it is not actually by percentage that much of people who sign on to GDAX slash Coinbase Pro and sort of actively trade alts in that sort of way. I, I just, I don't know anyone who does that still. And I think, and while anecdotal evidence is not, you know, the best way to go about it, I think for when we're talking about like noobs and, you know, retail investors, quote unquote, the fact that I don't know one person who still does that is a little bit damning, don't you? I mean, Aaron, you don't know anyone who does that either, right? I think it comes and goes. I, I do know a few people who do that, but I think it comes and goes in waves, sort of like something like online poker playing to uh, shout out uh, you and Doug's past. You know, it seems like everyone's playing for a while and then certain things like change and people aren't playing. And I think that like things like that can come back, although they're probably not guaranteed to come back. I was going to put a twist on uh, buy uh, the rumor, uh, sell the news, which is at this point, could we say buy the boredom, sell the excitement? Uh, Sure. Um, we we talked yeah. about that early on. Like, how do how do we read a very bored market where people are not interested in this anymore? Because that's what I hear when you say people aren't like playing alt markets anymore. Is that people are bored with this as entertainment? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that I'm just more reacting to the idea that the affiliation with a place like Coinbase or any of these large things, you know, even like the crypto, the Bitcoin ETF, where people are like, oh, well, you can get it on your E-Trade account or you can get it on Schwab. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff, I just don't know what the what the actual value is anymore. I know what it used to be, but uh, yeah, right Fidelity now- Fidelity announced it and we didn't even talk about it on the show. Well, I don't even know what they announced. What did they announce? They announced that they're like gonna do crypto exposure on on Fidelity in some form. I don't. I I didn't even read it close enough. I guess that's what I mean. Is like I just I don't think that that's a good or reliable way to think about it anymore because I don't know if people are following that type of behavior, and uh, if people aren't following that type of behavior, it's there's two implications. The first is that you shouldn't predict them to follow that behavior, but the second is that you know, they're either completely out of crypto and trading, or it means that some new way has opened up. And I just don't know what that new way is. Like, I can't even imagine what it would be right now. Doug, what, uh, what's get, what gets people back in you, you've Doug, you've been through more winters than us. What, uh, what's going to get people excited? The again? biggest thing is just following the leader. I think if Bitcoin does, uh, appreciate, and and like hits like a certain amount like you know even if it's just like to to 8k or something and like stays in that range people are gonna be like oh shoot like uh it's going back up and people start buying into bitcoin again and then once that happens and and it kind of like stays in that range for a little bit people get kind of get you know the boredom effect where they're like oh what else should i buy with this bitcoin that i bought you know it, it kind of has to like follow that kind of cycle where people file back into bitcoin and then use their bitcoin to buy alts because that's like the flow of you know the money but i i i don't know exactly what's going to ignite that resurgence back into bitcoin i know like in an earlier episode i predicted that you know bitcoin would end around 10k at the end of the year but i'm not even so sure about that anymore you're not so sure. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's I'll only you... like ninety percent likely at this point. I'll give you some odds on that, Doug. I mean, I I don't see any chance that it's going to be anywhere close to. T- I mean, we're almost in November, you know. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. But that's like that's like a couple rallies. Come on, Jay. This is an episode about healing and believing <laughs> that crypto can come. On back, the other hand, okay? these are the, historically the two months that you know crypto usually does fucking like go insane just because the holiday effect. If you believe in that, wait, what's a holiday? What's a holiday effect? Well, here? last year, last year, I think the holiday effect was in full swing, where people were, you know, after Thanksgiving, they're like. Oh, what is this new thing you're you're investing in? Oh, it's crypto. It's like this blah blah blah, and people like start talking to each other about this crypto shit, and then they get into it, and then things just like rocket out of control in in the in the holiday months because people are like, oh, I'll you know, not only are they investing because they they heard about this cool thing from their uncle Bob, but you know maybe they're like, oh yeah, maybe I'll get my uh, niece or nephew a. 0.001 Bitcoin for their birthday or something, you know? It's just kind of like cascades into all this buying. Can you imagine if you bought your kid Ripple for his birthday? A <laughs> hundred Ripple for your college fund. Yeah. I... Um. Okay, so I'm going to make a case that's positive here. All right. Which is, if it can get going a little bit, like I'm reading right now about this, like Fidelity is launching a crypto trading platform. If Bitcoin can show any signs of life that make people like go start telling their like investment manager that they think that they should get some Bitcoin exposure, even if it's just a 1% of people's portfolios, there's a bunch of infrastructure for that to happen now that didn't exist uh, during the last bull run, or it was at least just being like hinted at then. So it seems like if there's like, any infusion of new people, the possibility of like a snowballing is, is out there. My question is, are there new people? Like, is there a new generation of people who didn't already shill Bitcoin to their relatives coming to Christmas this year? Or is there the possibility that we've like tapped out new people's interest? That's what Vitalik says, right? Like that. Uh, uh, he says the biggest gains have already been made. I mean, that doesn't mean that there's no gains still to be made, but. 
I kind of disagree with that. I don't think the biggest gains have been made. I, I think like even though we're in this shit and like we hear, hear about 24-7, there's like shit tons of people who don't still don't even know what Bitcoin is. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, maybe they've heard about it on the news or whatever, but there's a lot of people who still haven't like, you know, even looked into buying a Bitcoin or anything like that. And so I, I think there's still, I mean, maybe this is hopium talking, but, you know, I think there's still one last uh, alt run for sure where, where people will get crazy about it. It's just kind of like a matter of time and, 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 and something kind of like sparking that. So, yeah, I, I think it's still possible. I mean, it could even be from like, I don't know, I, I've been seeing that the stock market has kind of been in in dire straits recently and 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 crypto kind of like creeping back up a little bit so i'm like thinking maybe there is some sort of correlation when people like see that the stock market or something isn't this safe quote-unquote safe investment come on yeah that's like that's like literally you just like somebody (laughs) hit an inside straight against you and you're and so that the next hand you 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 have you have like a double gutter and you this, shove this on is it. this might be the hopium <laughs> talking, but uh, you know, people look for alternative investments when when so called quote unquote safe investments aren't aren't doing so. Yeah, well. I'm, I'm with Doug. I mean, Jay, didn't you kind of on your way out of the crypto door say like I don't see the point of this? Like, so much easier and better to like invest in stocks. Do you feel like that's still true at this historical juncture? Okay, well. Me, I, like everyone else, is getting murdered in the stock market over the past couple of weeks. And I will say that I do think if Bitcoin had jumped during that period of time, I might have thought about it, but uh, it didn't. Yeah. And so I, I'll, Notably I'm, didn't. More, I'm more reacting to Doug saying that uh, <laughs> it crept up a little bit. And so that means <laughs> that <laughs> some people are like, I don't, did it really even creep up? I don't, I maybe, don't it maybe did. it's been going down every month so much that 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 just staying uh just flat is is looks seems like it's going <laughs> creeping up you know i feel like i mean that's... it's insane how different our scale is for this stuff than it was during the good times oh, God. we're like yeah it crept up bitcoin's up like what a hundred dollars today like even when decred got listed on binance this is a coin doug has held for many years yeah it went up like 23 percent that day during the good days, Decred would go up 23% in a day just for no reason, just because right. that was what, what was happening with the alt market. Or Decred was moving against Bitcoin, and, B, and Bitcoin would go down, and it would go up 25% for a day. Yeah. It's, Our uh, scales have definitely changed, um, and, and we're, we're all now very sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Doug, I, as our resident alt bag holder... Yeah. Are you still looking for new projects? I mean, the thing, the other thing that people should know about you that Aaron and I find fascinating um, <laughs> is that you hold on to these bags. You're not a trader. You are an investor. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you afraid that some of these alts are now obsolete? Oh, yeah. Some of them are, I'm like pretty worried, but like some of them like have gone. Aren't some of them? confirmed obsolete like no longer in operation yeah actually one of them um they they actually shuttered their doors and <laughs> you returned your tokens to them and they would return you some eth in exchange um that was oh, that's nice of them. that was cfi yeah. co-founded and i i believe they're probably going to do the same thing with their main thing this is this is uh Iconomi, um which i think was oh wow trying to be kind of like the I guess they were trying to be the fidelity of crypto, if that if that makes sense. They were trying to like so they yeah. so I that economy or however it's pronounced, they went under too. I think it's um, economy. Yeah, just since I pronounced yeah, something wrong today, I'm on a vengeance streak. It's economy, you guys. All right, Jesus. so okay. economy. I agree. I agree that it's economy, but I thought <laughs> Doug might know better because he owned the coin. But yeah, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that That's, this is the coin icn right yeah so uh, I th- it was it's a very popular coin wow so they're out of business they're not out of business but they are converting to i think what what happened is that they can't continue under current regulatory law because basically their token is a security and so they're they're performing this new thing where you can exchange your icn for eicn this new coin that would represent an actual like share of the company but I'm guessing in the process, they're probably going to be using KYC and other things to shut out like American customers and any other country that doesn't, you know, allow crypto to be traded as securities or whatever. 
I think I owned ICN at some point, almost certainly because you told me to buy it. Yeah. But uh, I, why would you? Why would you even announce that? I mean, is there any repercussion to just letting it go and pretending it still exists? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess like they they why even bother to, to be... refund people's Ethereum? I mean, I, you know, if you're, it, it seems so bizarre. I I, I just imagine like when I think about the crypto landscape and these two thousand coins, I imagine that like eighteen hundred of them are like a desk at a WeWork with a little placard on them that nobody has been to in butts, you know, and that the coin just still exists. And uh, it's interesting that they decided to sort of capitulate and say, hey, you know what? Like, this didn't work out. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they're <laughs> different in that they um, actually do. I guess they're not a total scam if, they, if, they're, <laughs> if they're trying to, to make good with their investors. But it is kind of like it still does suck for the investors because now we have to sell out, quote unquote, at a huge discount to what we you know we bought into. The only upside is that like Ethereum is super down too, so I guess like we get a good amount of Ethereum. <laughs> okay, so uh, before you guys get out of here, I have uh, I have a question. This is for both of you. Uh, you guys were both early gamblers. Uh, you both uh, were like in the wild west of uh, playing poker uh, I, online. I, I appreciate that you are using the past tense here, Aaron. Yeah, um. well, I, I'm going to take it to the present. <laughs> okay. So you guys are both past, present, and future degenerates. And in your life, there's still hope. There's still hope for us. There's still hope. Look, just like there's hope for Bitcoin, there's hope for you. <laughs> and the, and I and I I feel like a little bit like. We're like guys who are on like a, a bad run at the table and we're like, poker is over. And it's like, no, nah, we just lost a bunch. Like if it, if we started winning again, poker would be back on. That's how crypto is, right? Crypto is totally back on if it starts going up again. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you, though, is um, you guys are both lifelong degenerates. Uh, America is basically uh, normalized you as of late. We got like I was looking at pictures of like a sports book, sports bar in New Jersey, people taking bets. It oh, couldn't be it, it 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 couldn't be easier to lose your money publicly uh, in America now, whether it's gambling in casinos or sports books or uh, online fantasy stuff. Uh, how does it how does it feel to have uh, to to be uh, to be normal in America? Wait, what do, you, what do you mean it's normal now to lose money? It's more that gambling well, is more normal. Well, it used normal. to be, I feel like gambling was like almost frowned upon. Like you couldn't talk about gambling on TV, particularly like when, in relation to sports. Even like, you know, card rooms and stuff like that, I feel like we're like more frowned upon than they are now. Now it's pretty like, it's all pretty much like good to go. Is it? I, I, I guess I know. Yeah, I had... And it is legal in New Jersey. I mean, Doug, I don't know when the last time you came home to the East Coast was, but, you know, like if you go to the <laughs> Meadowlands in New Jersey or if you go down to uh, Monmouth Park in New Jersey, yeah. like you can just walk into uh, a place and put down bets on sports. And oh, if you are in wow. the state of New Jersey, you can use an app that uh, okay. you can only use. And actually, I have a friend who doesn't listen to this show so he won't care and also I, I, he's just a friend of mine but he uh has to fly to dc a lot uh, he has a, and instead of flying to dc recently he's been taking the acela and the reason why he's taking the acela is because he gambles on sports while the train is in new <laughs> jersey on, on oh my god that is very degenerate <laughs> i feel like this is a bit like um weed legalization where like i'm bringing it up and then someone in a different state's like what what are you talking about it's the same as it's always been and then you go to like new jersey right now and it's like a totally different yeah landscape. it's like a bunch of like uh wall street dudes on the acela suddenly just like punching in shit in their phone and it's all just like 16 parlays on the nfl yeah i don't think that it's become normalized yet and I think that for people like Doug and I who are degenerates, but I would say, at least for me, and I, I think for Doug as well, that it's within reason, you know, right. um, that uh, the bigger problem with gambling is the shame of it. 
And if you are gambling within reason and you are a degenerate, you don't feel any shame about it, you know? <laughs> You're like, this is society not really being cool, you know? It's not me. I feel like and degenerate so, uh, and within reason are, are not uh, words that uh, are usually juxtaposed. The thing that I am interested about, and this is totally off topic, Aaron, but, you know, maybe I'll just bring it up to close the show, which is that I do think that at some point there will be a crypto-like effect on sports gambling if it does become popularized. Like, I know that generally the the uh, sort of standard thought is that legalizing something that is already done in large percentage will not spike the number of users, right? Like that generally the peop- it will stay the same. And legalization only makes access a little bit easier, makes it taxable and safer, but it doesn't mean that everybody starts gambling. I don't know if that's necessarily true, especially in places like New Jersey or New York. Like if you really could just walk to 7-Eleven and place down some bets, like there would be some spike, you know, there would be some new users. And I do kind of wonder if that's going to be a gambling opportunity, not one that somebody as stupid as me could take advantage of, but... I wonder if lines are going to sort of have an inflation effect because of this, because, uh, you know, there's public teams right now. Like, so, for example, like the Steelers are a public team or the Warriors are a public team where everybody generally bets them because they know the players and they're familiar with it. And they have bought a narrative that these people always win. There might be more public money in, in sports betting for a while. And it might kind of be like what happened with crypto or daily fantasy sports where, you know, there is like a landscape change that will be able to be profited on by by people who are much smarter than me all right i agree with you to a certain extent i'm not sure i agree that like there's not more gambling when gambling gets legal like i remember where my grandmother lives they, no, uh, no 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 i'm saying Missis- i think there will be yeah in the mississippi river they like legalize like riverboat gambling just so like you get on the boat and it goes oh, like God, five feet yeah. off the dock and it was like the town went from like 1% gamblers to like 50% gamblers. Like <laughs> people love that shit. It's like yeah, it became the biggest gambling is awesome. Became like <laughs> far and away the biggest thing or in that area. Um so I would assume more people will be gambling and I would assume that people will start gambling their interests not necessarily like what like old men like us want to gamble on like uh the NFL but potentially like gaming feels like the real frontier of like people gambling. And it kind of makes sense with like changing narratives, like of, you know, pro sports, you don't really want to gamble on the franchise. You want to gamble on the player, like these people playing like e-games who become basically like businesses. Can I, can I admit something dark? Let me make a prediction. Have you been gambling on like overwatch or something? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Well, I did it until last night. And uh, sometimes my friend and I will put together joke parlays that we will bet, you know, a not insignificant amount of money on, but like not too much. Yeah. Where we'll take uh, a game from every single sport that's happening. And yesterday I finally broke the seal and bet a Counter Strike match. <laughs> okay. I want to. Pa- I just want to pause the program here for one second. I need to get this out there. Like five minutes ago, you said it's not degenerate if you're reasonable. And in this program, Doug has admitted to having half a million dollars of storm, and you've admitted to gambling on Counter Strike matches. Yeah, it was the Renegades versus Cloud Nine, and I still don't really know who won, but or what those teams were. But I will say, I for the first time watched a Counter Strike match because I had bet on it, and it was thrilling. It was actually pretty entertaining. So this is just a way to tell you, yes, I do believe that people will bet way more on esports because you know it, it, it's kind of exciting to to watch yeah i think it'll be esports and stuff that is even like more far out than what we consider esports where you'll like like I, I think we'll have like franchising where you'll be able to like own tokens to own parts of teams which will be like futures of them and tournaments yeah, and yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff like That'd really sophisticated yeah. financial products basically along the lines of um how some of soccer is oriented in Europe where like fans become owners and can like profit from the success of their own team. So or like real life fantasy, like esports type of stuff, I think will be a thing. So yeah. All kinds of shit. Cool. Have you guys looked at the Luckbox project? No. 
Oh. No. It's Show a, your back, Doug. Show your back. Well, uh, yeah. So I got in the ICO. It's 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 not. It wasn't a good one, but uh, because um, they're not actually listed on a public exchange yet, still. Um, but it is this kind of like a platform to bet on esports. So I, I I thought you guys might be interested in looking into that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly a few of those going, and there's also things happening like where Jay is kind of coming to it from the sports betting side. It feels like all of these things like gaming, gambling and digital money are converging on like one uh, interlocked product. And if I could, I would just invest in like that future rather than like buying a bunch of dumb altcoins. Yeah. Like, Cause like we all, we can, we all agree. Luckbox is not going to probably be the like one who like wins that war. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Doug. How do you know, Aaron? <laughs> I don't know. I maybe it will be. But it just like it's hard to like square like an ICO with like such a like huge like infrastructure needed to support like gaming and all this stuff. It feels like more likely to me that that stuff will emerge natively from within the games ecosystem and the gambling ecosystem than that someone's just going to do like a decentralized token that powers it. Am I being naive? Uh, I, no, we're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this has been great. Uh, Doug, uh, uh, what will get you buying alts again? Final question. Uh, I mean, I'm still already kind of like balls deep in alts. So, uh, okay, so I, I you're, you're, there's nothing, you, nothing needs to happen. You're just exactly. going to Exactly, I'm just going to be, yeah, what's going to take to for me to sell alts is, is the better question. Um, I think like... Hopefully, just like getting that next alt rise, I'm I'm gonna probably be you know getting unwinding a lot of positions back into Bitcoin. I think I just yeah, for me, I'm just kind of like content now, just holding Bitcoin and uh, watching the the seasons change and 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 uh, making money slow. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll save uh, what the question of what it's gonna take to get back FOMO Kang for another episode. But uh, thanks for coming on, Doc. Yeah, thanks. All right, later, guys. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Wednesday, October 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was $6,464. Coin Talk. Thanks to James Nicholson for editing this episode. Thanks to Doug Kim for being a sport all year and coming on. Uh, thanks to my co-host, Jay Kang. Thanks to our partners at Medium. You can find all of our episodes at medium.com slash cointalk. That includes transcripts. So maybe you're coming to the show now and you, you want to know all the stuff we were talking about earlier this year when uh, Bitcoin was more valuable. Hey, it's all there in a transcribed archive. Thanks to Medium for all that. If you'd like to sponsor the show, you can get in touch with us, hi at cointalk.show. Oh, and we're going to do a mailbag soon. So send us your mailbag questions. Again, hi at cointalk.show. Get in touch. Let us know you're listening. It makes us excited. and makes us want to do this show. Okay, we'll see you next week. 